Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. There's so much noise today um, that we can listen to. Uh, we are bombarded. Uh, sometimes uh, our, it's our choice to be bombarded. Other times uh, it's just that the, the noise and messages that are all around us are consistent and constant. Uh, I was uh, flipping through uh, YouTube the other day and was so excited to find a way to clean my headlights of my car to where with just stuff that I have at my house. It, it was just a, it was a great day for me. Um, so I watched the YouTube video and uh, man, uh, I went out and quickly cleaned off the, the front of my headlights and it was just a great day, noise. Um, my headlights are really not that clean, but anyway, it was fun trying out some stuff from home. Uh, I also the other day was flipping through YouTube and I found this uh, video on whitening my teeth with home products. Uh, I don't know if you've discovered that before. Yeah. There, there's so much uh, that you can find. I was on Facebook the other day and uh, I saw this advertisement, uh, which actually I, afterwards when I was through with this journey of discovery, I was so frustrated that I had gone down this road. Uh, but it was advertising uh, a new diet that would restore your hair growth. And for me, that was very, very compelling. Very, very compelling. Yes, yeah, Rico, I'll share with you later about that too. Anyone else here? Yeah. Um, I, I went down the rabbit trail, and uh, so an hour and a half, two hours later, when the man offering me this incredible secret... A diet that would change my life. First, to get the secret, I had to go to his conference or buy his, you know, his uh, conference materials. Uh, <laughs> I had to order his specific recipe book before I could actually, you know, I was just trying to get to the bottom line, you know. An hour and a half, two hours later, still no bottom line. And as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, I am still bald. <laughs> All right. So much noise out there. This is not the case with God. Uh, God speaks to us words that will transform us. We don't have to wait for it. Uh, every time we are in the presence of God and whatever God speaks to us, it's going to be about His purposes. It's going to be transformational. It's going to be comforting. And I would ask us this morning to tune into the God who really has answers, who has good thoughts, good things. Uh, Listen, God probably will not uh, turn my teeth wider before I die. That's coming in heaven. Uh, in heaven, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have white teeth. The headlights on my car are going to be clear, and uh, more than likely I'll have hair. I'm looking for that. I'm going to let mine grow long, by the way, whenever I get there, and, and braid it, I think, just, just, to, just to frustrate the angels a little bit. Why is Brian braiding his hair? Well, he's, he's got hair. Yeah. The voice of God will always reflect the heart and intentions of God. Always. It's not going to be trivial. It's not going to be a puff of, you know, goofiness or a puff of, you know, some cloud that will waste your time. It's never a waste of time to hear the voice of God. We can always be sure that God will never say anything outside of his purposes in his plan. He will never say anything outside of, of something that will transform our lives. It will always be what we need to hear. Always. Always. 
What extraordinary is that God is actively speaking whenever, wherever, and however he wants. The God of mercy and forgiveness is making his case for humanity on every single stage. And we can hear his voice, we can hear his word through just about anyone and anything. Because God is not limited in how he can speak. I think often we get lost in how God speaks to us. And we miss that actually God is speaking. And, and we miss what God is actually saying. I would invite you this morning not to get lost in trying to figure out how so much God speaks. But I would invite you to think about what he's saying and who is saying it. You know, the, the who really is the most important part of it, right? Not the how. The who and the what instead of the how. Maybe the greater question we need to be asking ourselves is whether or not we're listening to God and being transformed by the one known as the eternal unseen king who has a word for us. Uh, today's word is in 1 Timothy 1 that I want to read for you this morning. 1 Timothy 1 verse 15. Paul says, this is a trustworthy saying. In other words, you can count on this. This is not some... Some puff, the rabbit trail. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I'm the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus would use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. And we didn't have to wait an hour and a half or two hours and buy the video to hear this truth that is life transformational. This is a trustworthy saying. Christ came into the world to save sinners, of which I am the worst of them. God wants to use, he goes on to say, God wants to use his example of patience to be a light for those who don't know him. All honor and praise to God, the unseen king. Simple, concise, straightforward, life transformational. Paul uh, wrote two very personal letters to individuals. A lot of what you read in the New Testament that Paul has written was written to churches. It was written to like groups of people. Uh, the letters to Timothy and the letters to Titus are very personal letters. It's like a a disciple or a mentor writing to the mentee. Is mentee here today? <laughs> the mentor writing to the mentee saying, hey, this is what has changed my life. You can find there's, there's five of these sayings in these letters to Timothy and to Titus that what we call trustworthy sayings. Uh, and these are like summaries, life points. So if you're wanting actually five new points of discipleship in your life, I would encourage you to go to these. These are actually really helpful statements where the gospel in some cases is summarized into this little bite-sized piece that you can eat. Uh, or there's even a comment here about um, that, that uh, serving Christ and, 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 and godliness is better than exercise. So those of you who want an excuse not to exercise, this is a great passage for you. I'm reading my Bible. I don't need to run or ride my bike. 
Um, five sayings. First Timothy 1, 12 through 17 is the one we're talking about today. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. The other one is found, and I would, I'm going to say these slowly. You can write these down. If you're online, just take a note and go back and look at these. They're fantastic. First Timothy 3, 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. Here is a trustworthy saying, whoever aspires to be an overseer, it's an elder, a leader, desires a noble task. So anyone who desires to be a pastor of a church, a leader of a group in the church, it's a noble task. That's what he's saying here. Uh, 1 Timothy 4, 8 through 10 is the third trustworthy statement. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Now, sometimes Paul here says this is a trustworthy saying after he says it, sometimes before, but there are five of these. The other one is first, uh, 2 Timothy 2, 2 Timothy 2, verses 11 through 13. Here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Powerful. Titus Three, Titus 3, verses 1 through 8. Titus 3, verses 1 through 8 uh, is, is a summary of the gospel. It's just a quick summary. If you want a quick gospel presentation, go to Titus 3, verses 1 through 8. And when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become His heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. Not becoming His heirs, but becoming His heirs. Still hoping to get ahead of hair. These letters are these very personal statements to people he was discipling and leading, Titus and Timothy. Here's a trustworthy saying, Jesus came to save sinners. Before he says this trustworthy saying, Paul in 1 Timothy makes it clear who he was, the kind of sinner he was that God saved. I love this. Look at 1 Timothy with me, 1 Timothy 1 verse 12. This is what Paul says. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy, the same word, and appointed me to serve him. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ in my insolence, I persecuted his people. But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. The trustworthy saying, Paul here is saying that I was the worst sinner. This is, and he describes how bad he was. If you've ever, uh, if you've not done this, you should. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, is Paul's testimony of how Jesus pulled, uh, he pulled Paul to himself when his name was Saul. Saul began as Saul and then became Paul. Acts 9, uh, just such an incredible, incredible a story of the testimony of God. Paul's uh, first experience and encounter with God was in an audible voice. And we talk about how would he hear the voice of God. Paul actually, the first time Paul ever encountered Jesus Christ was hearing a voice, an audible voice, not something inside of him, but something he heard outside of him. And he saw a bright light, so bright that he couldn't see Jesus. He was blinded by this light. 
Acts chapter 9 just details what Paul was doing before Jesus came, before Jesus spoke to him. Paul's first encounter was an audible voice. Now, a lot of us like to get lost in this audible voice issue, and, you know, and, and we want to have the conversation, well, has God ever spoken to you audibly? I spoke to a young lady just the other day who was not giving her life to Jesus Christ because he, she had been asking God to speak to her audibly, and he had not done so yet. And so she was going to hold out until Jesus audibly spoke to her uh, before she... She also wanted to see Jesus face to face before... She said, I've been asking God now for weeks that God would speak to me audibly and that he would show himself to me face to face, and he hasn't done that yet. So I'm not sure I want to follow Jesus yet. Interesting opportunity to share the gospel with her, that God actually can speak on any level, that we shouldn't limit him to one way. Today, obviously, our greatest concern is not how he speaks, but what he says. Jesus Christ audibly spoke to Paul, blinded him with a shining light as he approached Damascus. Now, he was on his way to kill men and women, the Bible tells us, because they followed Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and, and Jesus stopped him in his tracks and spoke to him. Acts 9 is compelling because you realize that, that God did not stop with Paul. He also spoke to Ananias to say, go help Paul. Uh, you see this in Scripture. And, and, and Ananias, having heard God very clearly, says back to God, but, but God, <laughs> you want me to speak to Saul? I've heard terrible things about this man. Terrible things he's done in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. You want me to go and let him know that I'm also a believer? This guy is authorized to kill me. He's received permission from legal authorities. He's received letters of permission to kill whoever is a follower of Jesus Christ. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. The who is God, merciful Savior, merciful Savior who looks at a man who is killing people. A horrible man. And Jesus speaks to him and invites him to become one of the greatest missionaries that our world has ever seen. Amazing. God counted Paul trustworthy before Paul was trustworthy. And he came to him, spoke to him very clearly and said, come follow me. And Paul did. Paul now writes towards the end of his life. He's in prison. He's writing a letter to Timothy who is discipling. And he says, here's the trustworthy saying. <laughs> Jesus came to save sinners. Of which I'm the worst. It's his testimony. It's his testimony. Paul lived a whole life of being transformed by Jesus. Is now with the Father today. We know he's alive with Christ today. Jesus got his attention by talking to him. A bright light. How bright light. Audible voice. Who? Who spoke to him? Merciful Savior. The God who sees us, not for our sin, but sees us for what he can do for us. That's who speaks to us. Isn't that more important than God speaks out loud to me? <laughs> the who. What? What did he say? I'm here to save you, Paul. And commission you. To become one of my people. One of the greatest missionaries ever. 
because of the voice of God speaking and transforming lives. It's Christ who works within us. It's Christ who draws us to himself and changes. Philippians 2 verses 12 through 13 says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Spend time there. Not how to correct your baldness, but spend time working your salvation out with fear and trembling. Park there. Your teeth can stay stained. It's okay. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his what? Good pleasure. God is working and wants to be speaking to us to be the transformer of our lives. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is a trustworthy saying. Jesus came to save sinners, of which I'm the worst. God speaks to us to draw us to himself. He will do this in various ways. All his ways will point to his mercy and patience for the worst of sinners. Mine was at age six, seeing my fellow Sunday schooler in class at church, repenting, changing, and, and it was compelling to me. Thought I, I want to see. I, I saw peace on his face that day. I had never seen before. I'd gone to Sunday school with this kid for quite a few years, had never seen that kind of peace. At age six, I could see that he was different, and and it was that that day that I gave my life to Christ. At age 17, in a worship service in Accra, Ghana, where I used to live. God was so clear to me in a worship service. I was worshiping, praising. We were loud that day. <laughs> and God says, Brian, I want you to be my preacher. I want you to preach for me. And I said, what? <laughs> Everyone was singing, but uh, I, could, I could barely hear my what. And I said, what? Uh, God's calling me to be a preacher? And the rest of the service, I argued with God. And said, do you know me? That's what we used to say in Accra. Do you know me? I said it to God. Do you know me? Do you know who you're asking to be a preacher? And I said no to God. I said absolutely not. And for years, I entered into this dark world of confusion, second guessing, second guessing God, second guessing myself. But this, this dark tunnel of confusion and sadness and depression because I had said no to God. Praise the Lord. God is faithful. And it was October of 1984 when I was 21 years old. God renewed his call and I said yes. You know who spoke to me? How God spoke to me? It was through a lady about this tall. 93-year-old woman who had been a missionary in China. And I just had an occasion to be able to pray with her and some others in a group. And after the group prayer was over, she made a beeline for me and grabbed me. And she said, Brian, why aren't you preaching? I said, well, I guess I better get started. <laughs> I said yes that time. Man, my life has never been the same. Hearing the voice of God and obeying him has been the key to transformation and joy and peace in my life. Yes, God speaks in so many different ways. Yes, he speaks audibly. I mean, good grief. Jesus' ministry on earth was launched by an audible voice from heaven. It's in Matthew 3. What? This is my own dear son, whom I'm well pleased. Can you imagine being there that day when Jesus was baptized? I've actually stood there where they think Jesus was baptized. 
And uh, I was overwhelmed by that thought, that, that picture of Jesus saying, God saying, this is my son. And it's not just once or twice we see the audible voice of God. We see this throughout. But God doesn't need just to speak. He can also speak through donkeys, right? Numbers 22, Numbers chapter 22, God speaks through a donkey. I encourage you to read it later. It's a great story. But if you're not listening to God, God will use whatever. I always think I should never worry about, you know, God being able to speak through me. The fact that he can speak through donkeys, he can speak through me. The burning bush, have you heard that story? Exodus 3, Jesus speaks through a bush that's burning, that doesn't, is not consumed by the fire. God speaks to Moses, Right? And on and on it goes. Romans 1 tells us, Paul writing here again, says that God speaks through nature. And, and, and Paul says that, that God's voice through nature is so loud that we are without excuse if we say no to him because clearly we've heard. Look at the creation. Look at the sky. Look at our world today. How can you miss the voice of God? God speaks every day of our life through sunrises, sunsets. And man, in Namibia, if you're missing the beautiful voice of God and you're not looking, this place is beautiful most of the time. It's beautiful. Acts chapter 2, Peter, after he's received the filling of the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, he stands before a group, a crowd of thousands, and he says that God will speak through his people. He says that men will dream dreams, well, old men will dream dreams. I'm sleeping less and less. I'm not sure. So it would be a miracle if I had a dream now. God will, will give young men visions. So the Bible says. It says he'll pour out his spirit on, on all of his servants. And he says in verse 18, Acts 2, God will, in those days, I'll pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women, alike they will prophesy god speaks through men and women that may be a radical concept for you but god speaks through us god speaks through nature god speaks himself through the sky god is not limited and he stands on any stage and speaks whatever he wants says whatever he wants to say and his words are purposeful for us that we would be transformed by them. Praise the Lord, right? God speaks. God speaks. Are you listening? Don't get lost in arguing about how. Get focused on the who is speaking and what he's saying. The Father will always speak about his purposes. And they will, always, they will always be words of transformation. John 14, before Jesus was crucified, before he rose again, he said this. And when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. As believers, uh, Christ dwelling within us speaks internally. So we don't hear this audible voice most of the time, but we hear this inside us, Christ speaking inside. This is not our voice, it's Christ in us speaking. 
And, and Christ speaks this voice of mercy. Jesus came to save sinners, of which I am the worst of them. And he's provided a way for me to hear his voice, to be led by him. Most of the time, the voice of God that we hear is one that's internal. He living inside of us, speaking to us. Most of the time. And it's going to be a word of mercy. It's going to be a word of compassion. Or conviction to lead you to forgiveness. To lead you to face-to-face relationship with Him. The conviction. John 16 says that the Holy Spirit convicts us of righteousness. Convicts us of those areas of our life that we need to change. He speaks to us and directs us and, and corrects us. That is the voice of God. And it's, it's, it's a word of mercy. It's a word of mercy. Uh, Luke 19, uh, 10 says this. Um, and Jesus said to them, Today salvation has come to, to this house, since he, is, he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to do what? To seek and to save the lost. This is the, this is the overwhelming message of God when he does speak to us. It is a message of mercy and forgiveness to a lost world. And we need it. We desperately need it. This is what Paul summarizes in the book, his long letter to the Romans. He talks about here that the, this, the, the, the character and purposes of God is for mercy. It is to draw men to himself. Uh, just a quick reference here, Romans 11. Look at this, Romans 11, verses 30 through 33. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy... Because of their disobedience. So they too have been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on who? All. Whenever God hardens our heart or, or, or you know, allows us to be in this position of disobedience, It ultimately is for the purpose of drawing us to himself for forgiveness and mercy. God's intention is not to leave us in these horrible places, but to draw us to himself. The character and heart of God is mercy and forgiveness for all. One other, it's it's said in other places, but the, the will of God is that none should perish. The message that God will speak is a message of mercy. Romans 12, 1 follows this passage and says this, I appeal to you, based on this truth, based on the truth that Jesus Christ came to save us, based on the mercies of God, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Submit to the merciful Savior. Submit to the merciful God. And you will discern his will for you. You will hear his voice. Humble yourself. Give yourself over as a sacrifice to him. And then you will hear him. Stop frantically searching for God's will. Start frantically searching for God himself. Amen? As you do, trust that he will bear the responsibility to show you what he wants you to do and how he wants you to do it. This is the perspective that we need to have. God himself will comfort you and lead you. You can count on it. This is a trustworthy saying. Jesus came to save sinners, of which I'm the worst of them. God comes to us, saves us, and pulls us to himself. He wants to transform our lives. That's the nature of God. 
He's a merciful Savior who came to save sinners. God wants you to know his will much more than you do, by the way. You think you want to know God's will? <laughs> God wants you to know it more than you want to know it. He says the key to hearing him is to pursue him. That's the key. 1 Timothy 1, verse 1, verse 16. Paul goes on to say, But God had mercy on me that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example. So what might he say to you? When Christ comes and saves you, changes you, comforts you, what's, what might he say to you? I think what he says here to Paul says God used him as, a, as a, um, an, a prime example, as he says here, of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Changing us and using our story as a voice of mercy and forgiveness for others. 2 Corinthians 5 goes on to say, so we are Christ's ambassadors, right? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, uh, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for when we plead, come back to God. So God actually then begins to speak through us. We become his voice to a lost world. That's what Paul is saying here. This truth that God came to save sinners of which he was the worst. Now he is an example, a prime example of the kindness and forgiveness of God to a lost world. And, and Paul had embraced that commissioning, that calling to be this person because of the clear voice and transforming grace of our God. The question we might need to ask ourselves is, do I live as a victim? Do I look at my life and say, you know, this is terrible. My situation is horrible. Or do I live my life as a bright voice that points to a Savior? Is my voice used to, to lift up me, the big me, or the little me, really? I see myself much bigger than I really am, right? We all do. The voice that I have been given, that Christ has given me, do I use it as a voice to lift Brian Bullington up? Do you use the voice God's given you to, to shine to the world how horrible your situation is? Is to get more attention to you or... As a voice for God. Do you use your voice and your situation and your story to be a voice of God? The voice that says God came to love sinners. God gave you a voice. God has given me a voice. How am I using it? Paul says, I've embraced that my life, I'm a horrible sinner, but God changed me. And my life now is a living testimony of God's transformational work. And I become now the voice of God to a lost world. That's what Paul said. Am I consumed with my weakness this morning? Or am I consumed by God? Am I dwelling on the weaknesses that I have? My horrible situation? Or am I the voice of God and the hope that I have in Him? Am I a voice of, of, of sadness or am I a voice of hopefulness? Am I a voice of the glasses half empty or am I a voice for the glasses half full? Is my suffering an example of God's sufficiency in my life? Or an advertisement for the hopelessness? Or worse yet, an advertisement for myself? Notice me! <laughs> Instead of notice God. What is your voice? What are you saying when you speak? Is your voice, notice me, or is it, notice God? 
When God speaks to us, he wants to use your life. First of all, he wants to transform you and then allow you to be a voice of transformation for everyone around you. That's the purposes of God. That's what Paul's saying here. This is a trustworthy saying, right? You can count on it. Jesus came to save sinners, of which most of us are the worst, right? All of us can make a case that we're horrible sinners. I, I, I imagine that some of you here this morning would, would be willing to say that you are a worse sinner than Paul was. What does God want to do with that in your life? Let God have mercy on you. Receive his mercy. Receive his forgiveness. Receive his transformation. And be a light, a voice for him. He's given us the job to be his ambassadors. Paul says, as though God were making an appeal through us, is how Paul puts it. When you've been transformed by God, when you've discovered that God saves sinners, when you are living your life for his honor and for his glory, to be a voice of hope for a lost world, uh, you will break out into praise. <laughs> the, the next step is just, oh God, I praise you because this is so true. This trustworthy saying is so true. And you will do what the Bible says is we're all going to do someday in Revelation 7. That we're going to be standing before him praising him day and night. Because he's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. And we will use our voices then to lift up the Savior who's changed our lives. Praise the Lord for that. Paul says here in 1 Timothy 1 verse 17. All honor and glory. This is his conclusion after all this incredible trustworthy saying. He says... All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. We can be assured that more than likely we will not see Christ face to face until after we die. If you're praying to see Jesus face to face before you will follow him, stop doing that. <laughs> and, and by the way, you really probably couldn't survive seeing Jesus face to face anyway. Are you really sure you want to pray that? When God, when the Bible talks about God, it says he's so bright and so enormous and overwhelming that it's just, well, in Paul's case, it blinded him. But he does want to speak to us. He does want to live within us. So we can hear his voice. We can hear his voice. So... Don't expect to see him until heaven when you'll see him face to face when you can handle it. And hear him whenever he speaks, however and whenever, and whatever he says, listen. He's, his voice is all around you, even this morning. Test what he says to make sure it's him. It's not going to be, it's not going to be boring. It's not going to be off. It's going to line up with scripture. It's going to be transformational. It's something you, exactly that you needed to hear and receive his salvation and obey whatever he tells you to do. And avoid that dark tunnel of confusion by saying no to him. Say yes to Jesus today. God is speaking. God is speaking. Let's pray. Lord, this morning, God, we just uh, stand with Paul and, Lord, agree that it's a trustworthy saying, Father, that you came to save sinners. Lord, each of us this morning, oh, gosh, we can all have a contest of who's the worst sinner. 
Lord Jesus, thank you for your mercy, Father. Thank you for your forgiveness. You have changed us. Lord, we love you. We praise you uh, because, God, you're worthy of it. And, and many of us in this place and, Lord, online can, can say yes for sure. Uh, you've taken us from a deep pit and, cha- and changed us, given us peace, given us hope in a hopeless place. Now, Lord Jesus, we give you praise for that this morning. And Lord, thank you for faithfully speaking to us. Lord Jesus, help us to listen and obey. It's in your name I pray. Amen. This is Rico Veca, and I'm also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today. And it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.